So I want to spend some time on a word that's thrown around a lot that I think from hearing people talk about it, they really don't know what the word means. Um, they don't know it uh, in a way that is helpful. In fact, oftentimes the way they're using it, it's, it's more harmful than helpful. And I want to talk to you about empathy. Now, uh, you can go back and listen to an earlier podcast just a couple episodes ago where I walked through really what are the seven mindsets that Sight Shift facilitates in your life. And you need these seven mindsets in the 21st century and beyond, uh, however we imagine the future going. But for sure, like, this is it. We live in a completely different world than, you know, most of the people that have lived on this planet. And so how do we learn to not fight against changes in the world around us, but really cooperate with them? So these seven mindsets are a result of that. And uh, this, this mindset I want to spend the time on today is you know, just, it's a word that's, that's bandied and about, thrown about that, uh, sad when I ask people, like, what do you mean by that? Like, break it down for me. Help me understand what you're saying. Um, they, they're coming to conclusions that aren't, uh, helpful. Like I said, they're more, more harmful than helpful. And so what we want to do is break that down. Now, let me go ahead and give you the, the big word that we want to use. Not really that big, but it's used a lot. Empathy. So the culminating piece of the mindsets is that with sight shift, the seventh mindset is the empathetic mindset. So we want to talk about it, but we want to talk about it in a way that it's helpful more than harmful. So what do I mean when I say that a lot of people are using the term in a way that's, that's harmful? I mean, if you ask people, like, what do you mean by, like, you, you empathy? What does it mean? Uh, well, it means to consider the experience of the other, right? That might be an answer I get sometimes. Uh, sometimes I'm getting an answer along the lines of really just what is like a, a, a sympathy. You know, I just feel bad for them. And it's, it's one thing to feel bad for somebody, sympathy, that's all that is. It's another thing to feel empathy. I'm carrying that emotion with you. It's another thing to be able to use that emotion to give the other human an experience that moves them forward. That's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to dive into. Um, you know, because that's where a change is really occurring. You know, one of the things for me that's become clear the way that I interact with others and, and hear from them about like sight shift and what we facilitate in their lives, sight shift isn't leadership coaching. It's for those that want to change how they experience every moment. And they're not only changing how they experience every moment internally. But that internal experience overflows to an external experience. You treat people different. You treat them in a way, you, you help them move forward. You don't just give them a sympathetic expression of emotion. So let's break that down and go a lot, lot deeper into it. You know, the empathetic mindset uh, can't be forced or manufactured. It's something that comes out of you being secure in who you are. Because what happens is your brain isn't looking inward so that you can move every moment to the validation you want for others. You don't have this desire to be seen, known, and heard or felt by others in such a strong way that you're blind to it. Instead, what happens, you get to flip that. You see and feel and hear their reality. So we're going to go a lot deeper into this as we progress through this. But you've just got to understand, if you don't have an empathetic mindset, you're not going to live the fullness of your mission. If you are secure in who you are, it overflows to a clear mission, and then you actively build community, team around you. 
Um, I, I look at moments our family has gone through. If I haven't been actively building our family and actively putting into those relationships and building the foundation of it, when we hit hard points, you know, my wife and I have been married 18 years, I have a 15-year-old, 14-year-old, and 12-year-old right now. When we hit hard points and we have hit them, our family would be fractured. So you have to continually strengthen the bonds of the community, of the team. Your team at work might be going through a hard time. Your team at work will be going through a hard time. So seize this moment now to continue to develop. And we're going to dive a lot into that in, in, in this today. And if you say, well, I'm just doing this on my own, you're not doing it on your own. In some way, you need people around you. Even if it's a, a leadership venture, an athletic pursuit, whatever it is, you have to have other people helping you. And uh, you know, this isn't the time or place that I want to dive into that. But for now, let's jump into what it means to understand an empathetic mindset. Because I want you to know you're going to be required if you're going to lead at the highest levels, if you're going to take care of people well and build teams, you're going to be required to develop this in you. And it, there's a tendency for some leaders to be like, well, that's just not who I am. They're going to deal with it. No, we got to get beyond that. So the first easiest way I would say that we can get into understanding an empathetic mindset, we've got to understand anger and conflict. You know, one of the things that I like about people that listen to this podcast, they believe they can get to the edge of their abilities. They believe they can lead and create and and if they're supposed to, take on entrepreneurial pursuits, uh, move initiatives forward in their organization, and do it in brilliance. And I believe that for myself and I believe that with you. And if you're going to be the kind of person who stokes the fire of your team, of your community, um, you've got to understand that you're going to face a gap between what you see and where they are. And, and they're going to bring in their own struggles. They're going to bring in their own struggles of the day. They're going to bring in their own struggles of life. And they're going to bring in their own insecurities. And so you as a leader is looking at the situation. They're bringing in their struggles. Those come together and you will have conflict. Every team's going to experience conflict. Conflict isn't bad. We want to minimize unnecessary conflict and harness the conflict that is there to help the team grow. And I'm going to walk you through how we do that as we develop this mindset. Um, when you start to learn that at the root of all conflict is an insecure person saying to another human being, give me what I want. Validate me. See me. Feel me. Hear me. Let me know. Then you've begun to crack the code how to develop an empathetic mindset. And when you do that, you're also going to start to notice uh, moments when you need to surface conflict that wants to stay hidden. You're going to call out moments that are destructive actions a team member's committing. You're going to model for them a better way. You don't have to shame them, but you're going to focus on the action that they did, what they did, and how it negatively impacts them and the team. You're not leaving them in despair, but you're showing them a better way. And, and so we're going to walk through how to do that. Now, what the way that I can recognize a team is not handling conflict well is because of the way that they deal with anger. Now, there's just some myths about anger that aren't helpful, and I want to run through these. I've run through these in an episode before. Some of this content that I'm going to walk through in this episode, I've done in pieces, so I'm kind of just bringing it all together. 
submits about angry or anger. You're wrong because you're ang- angry. You're wrong because you're angry. Like that's we'll call that myth A, that all anger is bad. Well, what about anger at injustice? What about the energizing anger of protecting yourself with boundaries or protecting those you love or you know, leading the team and having a sense of, of really righteousness about what we're doing as a cause and where we're headed. Myth B, all anger is active. No, anger is just as destructive when it's passive. Uh, when, when we're burying the emotion over and over and over and over, and I always think of serenity now on Seinfeld, you know, you can feel that passive anger. If, I, if I'm sitting in a team meeting, the way that I start to deconstruct the empathy mindset and really pay attention to processes that's happening I'm looking for where there are forced, sterile, buried responses or where there's over-aggressive, right? So both are manifestations of anger. Myth C is the fix uh, to passive or active anger is just to control your temper. No, that's not actually it because underneath anger is this idea of conflict and underneath conflict is fear, fear that we're not going to get what we need regarding who we are. So if you're leading others, you need to be able to quickly process and understand your anger and the anger of others. If you're on a team, you need to be able to process your anger quickly and the anger of others. Because what happens that keeps the team from performing at the highest level is these, you know, it's these moments of subtle nuance regarding developing the empathy mindset. So if your actions are communicating four lies I'm going to run you through real quick about anger. Uh, you can do a diagnostic and know that the empathy mindset is not happening in your team or from your leadership. Number one, I can control the behavior of others. So this is a lie that will cause you to uh, you know, mishandle moments of buried or surfaced anger. You're going to be inappropriate with anger. So lie number one, I can control the behavior of others. Nope. You, you can't control people's behavior. And leaders that confuse the difference between modeling a better way, inspiring people to take it, equipping them to get there, versus the people that just turn up pressure and intensity, anger, to get people to behave like they want, are completely missing what leadership is really about. What they've revealed is that they believe they can control behavior. And what that does when you start to believe you can control behavior you stress over someone's performance and you miss the opportunity to really figure out what's happening in their life, maybe what's happening in you that's keeping you from equipping them like they need to be equipped. And I'm not saying it's your fault. It might be, you know, maybe there's a broken system that's conditioning this behavior. Maybe they don't fit on the team anymore. But I can tell you this, all people are growing and going through constant change and transition. And you want to learn to study yourself and study them. Leadership that bullies just to get results might get those in the short term, but it's deforming healthy processes and the people, and it's blocking up the long-term win that you want to achieve. Now, a, a special note about passive anger here, withdrawing yourself from others or treating them differently to communicate your displeasure and trying to control them with passive anger, that's that's manipulating. Um and so we're not going to do that either. Second lie that happens that causes people to miss moments of developing the empathetic mindset. They falsely believe this about anger. Number two, I have to punish them for the wrong done to me. Now, I don't need to type 
I don't need to speak a lot on this. I don't, um, you know, I, I know that people listening to this podcast want to get beyond the insecure need to constantly be validated. But there's a difference between that and then I'm out to get a pound of flesh. I'm going to start, you know, moving things around in a way that I will make them hurt. Once that's happened, you've already started to miss uh, the most subtle moments of change and actually sabotage the leadership that you could be bringing. Now, I'm going to go a lot deeper into the application of this. I'm just doing it at a high level right now. But when I get to that, I'm going to go into this idea of I've got to punish others for the wrong done to me. Third lie. I get what I need emotionally from tearing down others. So when conflict isn't handled well, the empathetic mindset is not being developed, you start to be energized to tear others down emotionally. And, and you know, it's like if I don't have what I need on the inside of me, then I'm going to take it from you. When you tear people down, you're revealing your insecurity. And you're showing us that it is true. You can only give to others what you have, and you don't have within yourself the capability to develop the empathetic mindset when you are focused on trying to make others responsible for all of your internal self-validation needs. If you learn to build yourself up, then you'll be able to build others up with more precision than just empty flattery. I mean, I feel like I could talk about that for a super long time. I mean, this is the key here, right? When you start to develop an empathetic mindset, you know what you need and you give that to yourself. As you give it to yourself with precision and accuracy, we could say, you'll be able to move beyond what most people think of as empathy in a false way of empty flattery and actually give them precise and accurate encouragement into who they are. The fourth lie that happens when conflict is at work and the empathetic mindset is not being developed, pain, problems, and humiliations make me vulnerable. Well, they make us feel vulnerable and they make us feel afraid, but we don't have to lash out from a stressed out state. So what do we do when we're in this moment that we are on a team and something's happened and it's exposed a problem or humiliation or a pain point or, or maybe the team has exposed that to us as a leader. Well, we have to understand that anger is a tool of power and you can use it poorly to power up or you can use it well to protect yourself and others. And you can use it well to protect yourself and others when at the core of who you are, you understand this truth. Nothing can steal your dignity, worth, peace, love, joy, patience, whatever unless you let it. I heard one time, the only way that somebody can push your buttons is if you hand them the remote to your life, the remote control. And so when we understand at a deep level what's happening when the opportunity for an empathetic mindset to be developed pres presents itself, we can start to grasp the truth that it's our moment when we have any of these four lies at work to develop that empathetic mindset that we get to figure out what's really bothering us or angering us. We can take a step to do something about it. We can let it grow our appreciation for this 
experience that we're having that causes us so much frustration or irritation. And what I see a lot of people do in these moments that cause them to miss developing the empathetic mindset, they're not understanding of themselves, so they can't be understanding of others. And at the root of what keeps that empathetic mindset from really getting uh, fleshed out is that insecure identity. They're judging. Somebody is judging someone else when they need to understand or adjust. I've watched leaders make one mistake continually that blocks their ability to build the people around them after they get awareness of anger is, is judging, judgmentalism. Why don't they care like I do? Why can't they blank? You know, I was able to do this. What's their problem? Insecure team members and leaders judge. And so we want to move to the truth section of this mindset as we understand uh, our ability to dive into people's lives is blocked up when we are judging them. So the results that come when we're secure in who we are, developing that empathetic mindset, getting beyond the conflict, getting beyond the anger, getting beyond the judgmentalism, you're going to see you know, two actions emerge. And we're going to define these as empathy. Two actions are going to emerge. And we're going to define these as empathy, and then we're going to go deeper into some application. The two actions that are going to emerge is understanding and adjusting. Understanding and adjusting. When the empathetic mindset starts to bear fruit in your life, you, you are the leader, you're the team member, whatever you are. But when something isn't going like you think it should or like you want it to, rather than feeling threatened, you have understanding. You get this idea so deeply that when mistakes are made by others, it's not an attack on your identity. And this calms you down to ask a critical question. Hey, what system needs to be created or changed to keep this happening again? You know, where do we need to innovate, make it better? Where do we need to work out some relational toxicity? I'm going to show you how to do that in a little bit. Or where is there misalignment on the vision, values, and strategy? Um, you know, I'm telling you over and over that leaders do three actions all the time. They're never done with these. Keeping alignment with the vision, values, and strategy. Finding a better way, innovation, improving systems. We could say it that way. And the third one, working for relational unity and health. You're never done with these. And so when something isn't matching those expectations, it's like, okay, is there is there a misalignment that's occurred? Is there a system that needs to change? Is there a relational toxicity that's developed? So what I want to learn to say to people around me is, will you help me understand how to get you what you need so this doesn't happen again? Now, if you are a team member with vision, or if you are the leader, it means you're usually one step ahead and you might feel afraid and uncertain at moments. But your only job isn't to compare others. It's to prepare. And it's easy to judge like crazy when you're comparing others. Paradoxically, when you're secure, you'll understand each person has to be, we could say it this way, uh, in competition with themselves to be their best version. It's not about pitting them against each other. When an insecure team member or an insecure leader stirs up that conflict and gets teams pitted against each other, you know you have someone who's not living out of the empathetic mindset. Number two, not only will you seek understanding, you will adjust. You'll adjust. 
if something isn't working, you can ignore about you can ignore it, you can complain about it, or you can adjust. And what we want to do is be the kind of leaders and the kind of team members who make adjustments. Well, where do we make adjustments? It's those three things that I've already shared with you. The three actions. Are we off on the vision, values, and strategy? Is there a relational component that needs to be addressed? Or is there kind of is there some kind of system change that needs to happen? And what is you know sad to me is how many leaders aren't paying attention to this framework and how simple it is. Empathetic people with an empathetic mindset understand and adjust. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about this adjusting and I want to give you just three points of application here as we walk through what it looks like to be a person with an empathetic mindset in clear practical action. And the first clear point of application I want to give you is this. People with an empathetic mindset adjust to what the community needs. People with an empathetic mindset adjust to what the community needs without losing who they are. Now, in other places, um, on this podcast, I've talked about it in figuredatshiftout.com, in the Site Shift Leadership Academy, the SightShiftAcademy.com. I go way deep into this. But the three meta roles, sage, empath, and leader. We need a leader to keep us, you know, on point with vision, values, and strategy. We need the empath to keep us on point relationally. And we need the sage to keep everything continually improving, finding a better way, moving it forward. And a healthy person with an empathetic mindset knows that they need to adjust to what the community needs without losing who they are. So we talk about it in terms of these three roles. You need to be able to give quick direction and be clear as the leader. You need to be able to give expression of emotion. I see you, I hear you, I feel you as the empath. And then you need to be able to surface the moments and tell the stories and invite interest and not just lecture, but, but move it forward as the sage. Now you say, Chris, you're using that word empath as a subset of this bigger idea of the empathetic mindset. Yeah, I am. And it's the simplest, quickest way to explain the idea. But the person with the empathetic mindset brings what needs to be experienced to others in that moment. It doesn't just go, well, this is who I am and they've got to deal with it. So I don't want to spend a ton of time on those three meta roles. I've done it in other places. But you're typically strong in one and weak in one and the widest gap to close that will produce the most results for you as you build teams or as you are a healthy member of a team is to figure out which is your weakest one and learn that you can grow that ability. You can grow your ability in all three of these. Um, and that's what a person with an empathetic mindset will do. Now, a person with an empathetic mindset will also get beneath their anger. They'll get beneath their anger. So I talked a little bit about this in the opening and I said I'd go into it a lot more practically, so let's do that now. Um, this is the second action of a person with an empathetic mindset as they apply it. So they will be a person who understands I will give someone space and I will give myself space when the emotions get turned up. If you're pursuing something that you really care about, the emotions are gonna get turned up. We don't have to be afraid of that. But I've gotta get space, and I've gotta give space 
Both of those are true. I've got to step away from the moment, even if it's internally for a microsecond or 10 minutes or two hours, and I've got to give them space. And, and the easiest, best thing to do when it gets really hot and heated, you just take a break. Take a bathroom break, whatever. But just do a pattern interrupt into the reaction that people are having. And if you'll do that, if you'll give space, you're going to accomplish a lot of what we've been talking about in this mindset. You're going to see, feel, and hear your and their deeper reality. See, any place you're offended, it's a mirror. It's, it's a place that reveals your own insecurities and fears. And any place they're offended, the same is true. Uh, unless there's a situation of abuse happening. Um, and you can't untangle the external mess that's happening on the team that you're leading or you're a part of if you're internally tangled up. So, you know, what's happening within you? Why are you frustrated right now? You can't lead people well when you're frustrated at them. And you want to learn to see, feel, and hear your reality and their reality. A great team can make the reality of trying to win and the pursuit of championship and leadership less lonely because they're in it together. And if you've cared for a team long enough or if you've been a part of a tight team long enough, you're going to have days where you do not feel like doing all of this diligent work uh, or you're going to have moments where you're internally distracted or you're going to have moments where you're just stressed out and tired I think they should just get this what's their problem you know why can't they just hear me and what I want you to do is learn that sideways energy and lost money and lost opportunities can be totally averted now, if it's in a tense moment and you're starting to see your reality and their reality and you're wanting to give that deep appreciation or understanding to them or you want to unblock the moment or, or make it change directions, then you just say, hey, what are you hearing me say right now? And you don't even have to say that directly. Like, what's coming across to you right now? What are you feeling right now? You will offend others when you lead and make changes, whether you're the team leader or a team member. But you can cut off the unnecessary offenses before they happen as you start to approach things with an awareness of a deeper reality. And the more you do this, you're going to avoid the unnecessary fray. When you're secure in who you are, you don't have to get caught or uh, stuck in moments that are B and C level fights. <laughs> They're not A level priorities you need to be dialed into. You don't have to get on the drama train. So you want to be the kind of leader who looks for the high ground and keeps it. You want to be the kind of team member who learns to do the same and just lets the rest go. And if it is a moment that you need to come back around to, you can come back around to it with a story. Sage it up. Reset the moment. Be an empath. Give the deep expression of emotion and comfort. Be the leader. Give the direction. Because any of us can be insecure, we will face moments where we feel that we are uh, interpreting a reaction correctly and we're getting offended, but we're actually misinterpreting what's happening. Third point of application, third point of application happens with an empathetic mindset. You forgive. You forgive. The best team members and the best builders of teams and communities learn to develop their ability to feel the room. They keep their ear to the ground and scan the horizon. They are in the present moment. They are looking to the future. 
right? It's this mix that we've talked about before uh, with these mindsets. They know when things are off. And one of the things that's key to monitoring the flow of the community, it's an essential skill, is when relationships go sideways. It's so easy for a bitter root to grow. And I've shared this with you at the beginning because I've come back around to it, that defiles the momentum and energy and unity of your community. Um, you know, years ago, the sewage line in our basement backed up and we had this raw sewage backing, backflowing in our basement. It was just disgusting. And it's such an analogy to me of what's happening in so many organizations, this backflow. So we want to learn as an empathetic, with an empathetic mindset to do hard work with a word that is not very sexy, sadly, forgiveness. Forgiveness is when I release my need to make you pay a price for what you've done. Now, a few quick thoughts on forgiveness. These would be sub-points of this third action. Be specific. Forgiveness is specific, so the apology needs to be specific. If it's your turn to apologize, don't utter a lame, sorry I did anything. Be clear about what was done. Don't be trigger happy. When you walk into the conversation or meeting thinking, I hope they bring this up so I can tell them blank, you know, whatever it is. It's like you're cocked and ready to fire. You do not do that. You process the conversation internally first so you can master the nuance of it externally. Next, don't forgive too quick. We feel pressure to resolve things immediately. We need time to think through what happened. We need time to think through the boundaries and systems that need to be implemented or improved. We need, to, we need time to understand the price we falsely think they owe us. It needs to be perfectly okay to say, I'm not ready to forgive you yet. Make sure you come back around. Just do it when you're ready. And just because you forgive someone doesn't mean the parameters of the relationship have to stay the same. Last, under this idea of forgiveness, forgive yourself. <laughs> Self-punishment helps no one. You made a mistake. We all make mistakes every day. Treat yourself with kindness. Like a detached observer, walk through yourself. Walk yourself through the situation. Hey, I get why you did that. Next time you'll be better prepared, but it's okay. Clean up the sewage that's there. Make the changes to reduce the backflow. And all of this requires an incredible amount of awareness that the most aware people in the room are the happiest. So the introspection is worth it. Now as I close this idea of an empathetic mindset, I want to just give you this vision, maybe stir up something for your desires. The people with an empathetic mindset enjoy their relationships. They enjoy their team. The result of being on a team or a family or an organization that navigates conflict in a healthy way is an atmosphere of deep trust. And deep trust keeps the momentum of the relationship going. The members of the team have the courage to take risks and be vulnerable and move forward. You don't get lost in the extreme highs or lows of winning and losing. You truly enjoy each other and the community that's being built. The, the team that stays connected beyond moments of just getting fired up because they can be with each other through the ups and downs. They weather them together. And I think about my marriage and my relationship with my kids and my relationship with my friends and teams that I've been on. The empathetic mindset takes us the last mile of the human experience. And this is what we need for the 21st century. It takes us the last mile for living a life that we are secure in who we are, overflowing to a clear mission and building that community. This is the end result of it. 
I want to talk to you about if you want to be the kind of leader that develops the empathetic mindset in others, how to do that. And I remember my kid saying to me one time, like, Dad, I know how to do it. And I had screwed up again. I had taught her how to do something. And now I was just micromanaging her. Um, it makes me think about visionary leaders I know who accomplish great things, but they are willing to run over people to get there. The visionary leaders we want to be are those who empower others. And then we're not just becoming a champion in and of ourselves. We're developing champions. One, the one who is just visionary alone, is dangerous and has uh, <laughs> you know, all kinds of tendencies that will keep you from being at your best. A visionary leader who's emotionally and relationally safe is incredible to work for and relate to. So I want to talk to you about how you help others develop the empathetic mindset as a leader. Number one, safe and visionary leaders listen deeply to themselves and others. And I've already talked about this, but I just want to reemphasize it. You've got to learn how to see, feel, and hear within yourself so you can lead others brilliantly. Number two, safe and visionary leaders hear their own feelings and realize how they're shaping their actions. You know, building a team at work or relationship or family can feel magical. It's amazing. There's not a lot of analysis involved in the building of it, but, but there's a lot of feeling that you have to be able to analyze. And, you know, you're going to have these frustrations, but you've got to learn to acknowledge the feelings because feelings are the chemistry of the community. And you're the thermostat for that chemistry. You control the temperature. So you have to learn to relax people so you can watch their performance explode. Nothing impacts the temperature of the team like you as the leader leaning into the actions you feel you need to do. And oftentimes those actions are going to feel awkward. It's a hug when you want to shy away. And that's for more intimate relationships, family and stuff. Duh. Please hear me on that. But it's a bold ask when you want to skate around the issue. It's a clear, gentle confrontation when you want to avoid the person. It's a quick text when you feel an encouraging thought towards them. It's a handwritten note when it's quicker to email. You could be the only voice of hope that person has received in a whole month or longer. Safe and visionary leaders also value culture over results. When you're building a community in a high-stakes environment, there are two ways to operate. Be a driving taskmaster. You'll get the results, but you won't grow self-directed people. You'll get them to match your passion, but they won't learn to dig deep and find their own fire. You'll get them to focus on the present problem in a state of panic, but their energies won't be able to go towards what's truly urgent. Or you can be an architect environmentalist to create a healthy culture. The results won't come as fast, but healthy growth, while slower, is more stable. The leaders who learn to persevere with their own sense of passion will be more likely to develop other leaders. And the team will learn to value consistency over bursts of intensity. These are the kind of team members we want. If you're going to be that kind of leader, then you want to understand the tendency that you'll have when you're insecure or, insecure or afraid is to make bad choices, to micromanage, to say, here are your seven priorities, go do them. Look, I've underled and I've overled. I've hidden and I've proven in my leadership. Now I just try to focus on developing people and making sure that I'm an empowering leader who helps others find their vision while we together accomplish the family, the team goal. Unsafe leaders make you fit their vision. Empowering leaders help you find your own. And the clearest action that you can take to really develop the empathetic mindset is to have a micro-apprenticeship peer culture 
where peer-to-peer team members are training and helping each other develop. You've got to try different things. You've got to find content, explore whatever you've got to, so that these relationships are happening. It's one thing for you to train and develop others. It's another thing for that to be happening on the team. You know, that's our vision with SightShift, to supply that content. Even if you don't use it, find something and have that peer apprenticeship, micro-apprenticeship culture so that each human being is in another human being's experience. They're seeing, feeling, and hearing each other. And out of that, they develop that empathy mindset. Thanks for being here. Peace.